Ruth chapter 4. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who had come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of the land that belonged to our relative Elamanelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and, and say, buy it in presence of those sitting here in the presence of the elders of my people. If you redeem it, if you redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not tell me that I may know, for there is no one beside you to redeem it, and, come, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, that the day that you buy the field from the from the hand of Naomi, you will also cure Ruth the Moabite, the window of the dead, in order to reputate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the redeemer said, "I cannot redeem it my, for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption your, yourself, for I cannot redeem it." Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. He drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elamanek, and that belonged to Chilean and the Malin, also Ruth the Moabite, the window of Malin. I have bought... I have bought to be my wife to preputate the name of the dead in his inheritance. The name of the dead will may not be cut off among his brothers and from the gates of his native place. You are my witness this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are the witness. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrata, and be renowned in Bethlehem, and make your house like the house of Perez, who Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young, young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a saying, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram fathered Aminadab, Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Solomon, Solomon fathered Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Welcome back to the fourth McGregor podcast special on the book of Ruth. Again, I'm joined by Pastor Mark and Pastor Russell. My name is Chloe Weimer, and 
I am the host of Talk Truth Podcast. Um, I am, I've just enjoyed this process of going through this book. And I also want to, yeah, I also want to shout out the kids that just read the entire book of Ruth and did it so well. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was the occasional interesting pronunciation introduced, <laughs> um, and, and I'll give that. But there is absolutely no. First, I wouldn't even agree to try that at that mm-hmm. age yeah. to put to put it out there, and then to pull it off that well. Not a chance. Way to go, young young kiddos. Yeah. Good job. And it made us just sound, a, this sound a lot more interesting because if it was just us talking, I don't know, it just doesn't have the same effect, you know? Nah. And it automatically. <laughs> Let's uh, get some parents watching. Oh, yeah. We know. Yeah. We know their parents are on, are on this Hopefully episode. Hopefully they'll keep watching. Absolutely. Right, unless they've clicked off by now and said, well, why, the good part's over. <laughs> the, the kids are done. Over. Yeah. That and the grandparents good. and aunts and uncles. Yeah. Oh, the right. network spread. It's a great way. So, Pastor Mark, why don't you start us off with a little rehashing of everything that's happened thus far our story so far yes there was a famine in the land (laughs) (laughs) yes there was a famine imagine a world okay (laughs) we're going too far i'll stop and uh, this is in the eight the the time of the judges and we have a famine and elimelech and his family decide well elimelech decides to take his family out of the promised land there and head on over to uh, moab thinking that, hey, we can get some food here. It's, it's that tough. I'm willing to leave the, the land that God has promised to go. And it's, we talked about the irony of uh, leaving Bethlehem, house of bread, to go and try to find bread somewhere else. So they go to Moab. Well, unfortunately, Elimelech uh, dies. Uh, his two sons that are with them get married, but they also end up dying. And so now it's just Elimelech's wife, Naomi, and her two daughters-in-law. Did I say that right? Or yeah. daughters-in-law. Yeah, daughters-in-law. And all of a sudden, she gets news that there is bread, food, in the land again. And yep. they go back. But it's been, what, 13, 14? It's been a lot, lot of time. It's years. Been a, yeah, years that they've been there in, in, uh, in Moab. So she decides to go back. Well, the two daughters-in-law decide they want to go too. And uh, she says, no, you stay here. You have no need to go back. I'm okay. You stay here. Well, one of them does turn back or returns back, but Ruth says, nope, I'm going to go with you. And that's basically chapter one. Chapter two, we find that uh, Ruth has gone to work to try to get some money for these two widows, uh, both Naomi and herself. And so she's working and that's when we're introduced to Boaz. Boaz, she ends up working in one of, yeah, we're ends up working, (laughs) ends up working in one of Boaz's fields. Um, Obviously not, not a coincidence, but by God's providence, uh, Boaz takes notice of Ruth and begins to take care of Ruth in some, some somewhat subtle ways, but there's a little bit of a relationship that begins to happen there. In our last and, episode, I described it as flirtatious. Flirt- and biblical. I, biblical. Biblical flirtation. And yes. I, I, stand, I stand by that terminology. Coming yeah. to a Russell Howard commentary yeah. near yep. you. Yep, that's right. That's well, he right. put the word flirt and biblical together, and then I said, let's just bring them all together. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so we, we, we have that, and now all of a sudden in chapter three, Naomi hashes this grand plan to get Naomi a little closer to Boaz because, hey, wait a minute, if there's something going here, you know, we're, I'm not getting any younger, you're not getting any younger, let's, <laughs> let's get this thing going. There is a moment to be seized. There is a moment to be seized. And she was very specific on that moment, gave, Naomi, uh, gave Ruth very specific plans on what she needed to do. Ruth said, I'll do it, and she obeyed, but she actually did a little bit more because ultimately we see there on the threshing floor in the middle of the night, this encounter with Boaz, and Ruth 
essentially proposes to Boaz. And Boaz, being a man of character, says, I will, but there is one that is nearer a redeemer than I am. I would love to be that redeemer, but there is one nearer than I am. And that's, a, that's basically where we end up at the end of chapter three, right? That's where we left off. Mm-hmm. Did I leave any important details no, that, out? No, that was it. awesome. Well okay. done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so we pick up chapter four and we have Boaz not waiting at all to get things rolling here. And so it, it left off and Naomi had the idea that, that, that Boaz is probably going to take care of this pretty quick. She told Ruth, don't, don't worry. I have a feeling Boaz is going to take care of this. Well, the very next morning, he's down there at the gate where business takes place. And just so happens that this near kinsman redeemer right. is just walking by. So that's somebody that's somebody with a, a higher ranking claim. And nothing in the book of Ruth tells us exactly how all these people are related. Right. 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 But whoever this this guy is, he's got a higher claim to the role of kinsman redeemer, redeemer than Boaz. Than Boaz does. Right. Good so Boaz is right to say I can't I can't make the move legally. Yeah. Not- he and Ruth have kind of sort of agreed in chapter three that they, they want to be together, but but he can't make the move until this other redeemer has his option. Yeah, and just as interesting as we saw with Ruth ending up in one of Boaz's fields, here we have this guy That's just, so true. just walking by and Boaz spots him and says, hey, you come over here, sit down. And the guy obeys and comes over and sits down. I- Hey, you elders, I'm going to need witnesses for what's about to happen. Y'all sit down, too. That also kind of tells you just how crazy the time of the judges was, that that there was just no system at all. People are just kind of chilling by the town gate, you know, and like, that was the system. Yeah, get everybody together. There's about to be a meeting of some consequence here. Who does that? And Boaz Boaz must have been a man of influence because he kind of takes charge here. He kills this guy to sit down. He does. And he gets these 10 other elders to come over and sit down. So he's must be a man of of influence of somewhat of they don't dismiss him no not at yeah. all there's like this is the way it's done and you know the, the system might seem odd to us but it was how must, they did things must have been then. the system right. yeah so that's that's where we are where he's uh, boaz is called a, a a court let's call it yeah yeah and um he then presents the 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 challenge to the nearer kinsman redeemer to say hey here's the situation uh are you willing to be the redeemer for Ruth and Naomi. Yeah, and because that was the law, like he was being obedient. Right, and here's the and here's what and here's the land and all this. Yeah, and, and, and the statement is uh, Naomi is Naomi is selling off. Uh, she's selling the parcel of land that belonged to our our relative Elimelech. So is is it? Do I read that right? Mm-hmm. That it's that it's okay. You better act now because. In a, in a way that would be really, really, the very situation the Kinsman Redeemer Law is supposed to keep from happening is about to happen. She's about to have to start selling off pieces of this land just to live. So right. if you're going to move, it's now. Yeah. Right? I think so. I, that's, yeah. that's the way I read it. Yeah. Yeah. And initially his response is, yeah, I'm in. It's an unencumbered real estate yeah, I get, deal. I get, I, even if I have to, you know, to take care of a couple of people, at least I'm getting income off of the, off the land. Sure. So it sounded good until what? Until, oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, if you get in on the land part of this, there is a young lady involved. Yes. So you'd have to take her as part of the deal. And I, you know, you, you, you try to get inside of the state of, of uh, his head, Boaz's head at that moment. And you wonder if he's just kind of, don't do it. 
don't do it because obviously he wants his shot. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the the whole love story aspect kind of seems like when you're reading it and this guy goes, yeah, I'll do it. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's no. not how this it's is supposed, supposed to be. Yeah. Boaz. yeah. Yeah. But Boaz wasn't finished yet. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he hadn't told the whole story. No. no. What I love too is that Boaz was worried about, first of all, the name of the Lord so much so that he would be obedient no matter how much he was interested in Ruth. And then second, mm. that he was interested in just others, you know, like this is the other guy's land legally. He should have the, the shot at it before I do. And so that's so reflective of how God wants us to be concerned about his name first. And that naturally is just going to pour over into others. And so I think, I, I agree with you. Like you wonder what was going on in Boaz's mind. Like, was he like just tense and wondering what he was going to say and everything. But at the same time, I feel like he, he, he immediately knew what he was going to say when Ruth. Oh yeah. Like approached him in the first place. So He's extremely intentional through the yeah. whole thing. Um, resolute and intentional, but at the same time, uh, interested in, in following the, the law as God has prescribed it. Yeah, is, definitely. Which is a great balance. Why do you think the the, the person was not named this nearer kinsman redeemer? Like he kind of bails on his obligation, um, yeah. in a way that works out great for for um, Ruth and Boaz. Right. But in terms of, of how does his character stack up? Well, his character stacks up as I'm greedy for the land, but I am not interested in taking on the obligation of a Moabite widow. Yeah. Um, so his, you know, I think it's almost, if we had his name, he would be listed by name in the, uh, in the hall of people in the Bible who behave like schmucks. Hall and, of shame. Uh, yeah. He'd be in the hall of shame. And, and this way he gets to kind of have the, have the dignity of having obscurity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't have a name to put it in the, in the hall of shame. Yeah. And, and with that too, a little bit before this episode, Pastor Howard and I were kind of talking about we live in such an age of prosperity gospel and yeah. the opposite. Uh, once you realize how, how bad prosperity gospel is, then you, like me, I have gone through this before where I feel like anything that I do that is good won't necessarily produce fruit, but mm. um, that's not necessarily true either. Yeah, uh, you and I, and we, all of us would agree that the that the prosperity gospel, this this notion that that everything in life can be driven by my by my boldly Word. asserted faith words that cause the universe uh, and God to align itself for my my version of my well being. That's the heart of the mm -hmm. prosperity gospel, and we're so we're so um, correctly intense to not be misunderstood to believe that. That we might sometimes tend to to un, fail to acknowledge that God does bless obedience. Yeah, that there is a law of the harvest. It's not super predictable, and you're not suddenly sovereign over your universe by the power of your words of faith. That's hogwash. But God blesses obedience, and here we see that the obedient, consistent, faithful behavior of of these two young people, uh, Boaz and uh, Ruth, ends up being blessed mm. by God. All right. And that's a good thing. We see at the end of that uh, conversation between the, the near kinsman redeemer and Boaz that he says, okay, you take the, the near kinsman redeemer says, take the right of redemption yourself for I cannot redeem it. And then we get this interesting custom that happens after that where he's, he then gives his sandals 
apparently to Boaz uh, as a well, as, only one of them. That's only the one worst of them. Part. Yeah. I, you know, what do you? Only he limped one. home. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's the deal with sandals? You know, it's funny because because uh, in, a, in another passage, if in, in Deuteronomy 25, um, and I, I had to, I, I had remembered reading this, but but um, Chloe helped helped me spot just where it was because she's got her computer with me and I don't. The uh, if the law of the kinsman redeemer broke down completely, if you went through all the eligible kinsman redeemers and none of them was, I ain't I ain't marrying her. I ain't marrying her. I ain't marrying her. Eventually, the young woman who, and I keep saying young, but the woman who was rejected mm. by the entire potential pool of right. kinsmen redeemers, uh, well, obviously, that's pretty shamed. You know, she's, she's feeling very shamed. She has the right to convene the elders of the city and, and, and look at the kinsman redeemer in front of all the elders of the city and, and take his shoe and throw it at him and spit in his face. <laughs> and if you think that's just too weird, it's in Deuteronomy 25. And while I paraphrased it, I didn't get it's, it wrong. So there's, <laughs> there's a lot of shoe law going on yeah, here. Yeah. Um, and, and we were joking, you know, it's sandals. Um, at the urging of some, some, some young friends of mine who knew the type of sandal that I like most, I, I like sandals to go over the top of your foot, not ones not that between go between your toes. No, between your toes hurts. I grew up at the My beach. My wife is like that. She doesn't yeah. like them between. Yeah. I grew up at they the beach hurt, yeah. wearing flip-flops and stuff like that, but I don't like anything between my toes. So I teach, I teach high schoolers, um, and my high school students last spring said, well, if you like sandals that go over your foot, you've got to get a pair of. Um, and, and, and if Birkenstock, if you want to sponsor this podcast, we will take the check. Um, I had to get a pair of Birkenstocks because they were right, and they are marvelous. They are incredible. Your favorite shoe now? You know, I don't spend a ton of money on shoes. They are, I think, the most expensive pair of shoes I own are my Birkenstocks. So the idea of, a, okay, if we're going to do a real so estate deal the here, deal. the real estate deal here, yeah, you give the me your- sandals are in play. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me. So. Well, I mean, at this time, too, people probably <laughs> just really valued their shoes. Yeah, so. I mean... Like more than people do today. I we have so many shoes now. You almost you know? said I have so many shoes. I know, now. but I didn't want to be the only one. Well, it prom- <laughs> it, that prompts us a, a, a slightly uh, gender stereotyping response from me. Like, sure, you have a lot of shoes, Chloe. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I only have. I keep my shoes in a laundry basket. And okay, that's. I feel like one laundry basket's worth of shoes. Isn't that isn't that bad? That is not bad. Not bad. That's if you bad. if if you think that what what is the n- number of shoes that's like appropriate? Comment in comment below. Whatever whatever number of shoes uh, you think you own, if, if it's appropriate or inappropriate. I am not sure that every pair of shoes that are that are arranged in an orderly fashion on my closet floor. If I gathered them all up, they might overflow a typical laundry basket. Really, I may have you beaten on shoes. <laughs> Yeah. Including my sandals. I may too. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we have gone way down the sandal <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. Look, the deal is in in chapter four, this other kinsman redeemer who's 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 first in line if he wants it, uh, by God's grace to Boaz and Ruth, he um, without drama, he steps aside. Uh, without anybody having to be deceitful or weird or behave in an ungodly way, he simply steps aside, and that that clears the path mm-hmm. for this for this romance to come to where it needs to come, and for, and for the two of them to be married. Yep. yep. And and Naomi gets her place of honor in the community, um, and even gets to help raise her little her little grandson, mm-hmm. and um, and that's a really really good thing. Yeah. But the biggest blessing of all is not just what is obvious that 
the girl gets the guy and the guy gets the girl and Ruth is taken care of and so is Naomi. But if you look in verse 22, it says, Obed fathered Jesse and Jesse fathered David. Wow, it takes the story to a national level at that yeah, point. Yeah, so the little the little baby that comes out of this union from these two people who have uh, con- pretty consistently through this story labored to do the right thing and to follow God's law and to live in obedience mm-hmm. in a way that honors Christ. The little the little one that that comes of their union is King David's granddaddy. Yeah, uh, that's kind of a big deal because that puts him. As we did in our, I think, our, I think it was it episode one that we did the Christmas teaser, the why are we doing this at Christmas time? Stay tuned till the end. Yay! <laughs> uh, well, here we are, mm. and this, this, um, these are the great grandparents of King David. King David, yep. Uh, who is himself the several times great grandfather of Jesus? Yeah, um, which is kind of remarkable. That yeah. this, this, this is a part of the Jesus human origin yeah. story. And I think that that go, going back to the prosperity gospel thing, I think that that goes to show that your obedience doesn't necessarily always even bless you in the things that are material, though it can, but eternally with with an eternal perspective. That, that's that's the bigger thing is like how is this going to impact the kingdom of God for eternity? And I guarantee that Ruth in heaven, like she doesn't care about the fact that she got to have Boaz, the fact that her lineage um just led to the led to christ you know that's the way bigger deal and so man if she only knew (laughs) and it's neat to see people outside of jews being a part of the messiah yeah yeah Yeah. this is not and she's not ruth's not the only one no 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 Uh, and and, and not all the women in jesus's bloodline are quite so shall we say well behaved right as as precious ruth there are you know there's there's um rahab Rahab, who's uh, you know, ne- never, never do we see that she or her her behavior gets all that redeemed. She gets to live, but yeah. at any rate, you're right, Chloe. I think there's a there's a there's a there's a very um, sort of meta takeaway from this that uh, in a universe where God is sovereign and where God loves His people and is always working the tapestry in ways way beyond our ability to see the scale. You just never, ever know the, uh, you cannot gauge the, the consequentiality. Hmm. Can that be a word? Sure. Okay. You just never, you never know how big your blast radius is. Mm-hmm. You never know what way over there is going to be, or way down the years is going to be affected by your moment in time where you choose a godly course of action, or I would propose an ungodly one. Um, but here we get to see this this godly course of action result in such a, an enormous thing. Your word tapestry is such a good picture here because here's this this story of just these people and this moment in time. It doesn't seem like that big of a no, deal. No, so it's a postage stamp yeah. sort of story. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, all of a sudden, it elevates itself all the way to, yeah, wait, yeah. David, yeah. no, wait, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even even the whole Old Testament doesn't know. You know, yeah. uh, because the, the, the connection to David is a big deal in an that, Old that's, Testament. That's what they knew at that time. Yeah, yeah. but the David to Jesus connection we don't get yeah. until until the genealogies of Christ. Right. And so true. Yeah. That's really cool. So that is good. Well, to our listeners, thank you so much for spending your time with us for these past four episodes. If you haven't yet connected with us online, please check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. 
Just head over to McGregorPodcast.com for all the details. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This has been a McGregor Podcast special, hosted and directed by me, Chloe Weimer. Special guests were Pastor Russell Howard and Pastor Mark Bricker, executive producer and editor Christian Miller. The character readings were read by our narrator, Elora Bays, Naomi, Drea Rose, Ruth, Emma May, Boaz, Jake Hastings, and the elder, Asher Edwards. The set design was Trudy Evans, audio technician, Bill Steinbrecher, social media coordinator, Julia Weimer, director of McGregor Podcast, Jeff Eskridge. McGregor Podcast is a ministry of McGregor Baptist Church. For more information, head to mcgregorpodcast.com. Merry Christmas.